want to welcome you to our online service for August 23rd, 2020. My name is Richard Jones, and for those of you that don't know me, I'm an elder at the Harbor. Normally, this would be our pastor, Braden, doing this. Uh, he's on vacation this week, so it's my pleasure to be bringing this message to you. Ken Blanchard is a well-known uh, management consultant who became a Christian later in life, uh, interestingly enough, after experiencing great business success that left him feeling very lost and, and empty and searching for a, something to fill his spirit. Uh, when Ken was a university professor, he was very famous for handing out the final exam on the first day of class to his students. And his logic, he would say, look, uh, as soon as you learn everything that's that's on this paper and you can fill the, these in correctly, then the class is done and you've passed the course. So this morning, I am going to uh, do something a little bit similar. So I'm going to actually give you a little bit of an overview of how this sermon is going to end. And then doing so, I hope that I'm kind of following the example that Ken Blanchard has of giving you the final exam on the first day of class. So in the discussions that I personally had with members of the Harbor and in discussions with the elders and, and, and other people that they've talked to, um, there's definitely a sense of people feeling disconnected, disengaged, discouraged about the state of affairs that our society is in right now and their role uh, inside the harbor. You know, we're going into our six months of restriction in our society. And those restrictions have been very hard on many of us who are used to you know, celebrating together on Sunday morning at a, at a worship service where we can hug and, you know, get close to people without having to keep social distancing and have masks on. Um, in our life groups where we're used to sharing a meal together and fellowshipping and sharing what's going on in our lives and study the Bible and even one-on-one -on -one discussions where we can just have coffee with somebody. But I want to give all of, all of you who are connected to the harbor in one way or other this challenge. You know, it's during these times when there's the most chaos and disruption, when we may feel the most discouraged in our faith, is at times of greatest growth in our faith. So if your daily walk seems to be missing the presence of the Holy Spirit, or you're just not really sure where you stand with God in your life, um, then I really encourage you to stay with me for the next 15 minutes or so. And we're going to work through a story um, from the Bible about a, a great leader at a time when he was really needed to lead and about a great challenge that he issued to people at the end of that. So I've shared with our church family before that I'm a, a bit of a history buff. I'm also a person who has formally studied leadership at a graduate level. I've worked in that, you know, in that field for 30 years. And uh, there are, I can kind of distill down my learnings from studying and practicing leadership into a few things. And one of them is that great leadership is timeless. Um, if we think that we're the best leaders that have ever existed in 2020 and that somebody that was a leader in 1920 and 1820 you know, don't, didn't know what they were doing, then that is completely false. Great leaders have appeared in, in history at times with pretty much the same qualities that we find in great leaders today in 2020. And I'm going to distill it down to these three. Basically, the first one is that great leadership is always built on certain principles. And the three that I've picked here are self-sacrifice, humility, and commitment to a greater mission. And the other principle that I want to bring up here is that no matter how great a leader's accomplishments, no human leader is perfect. We are 
human. We are, we have our failings. We sin. We do things we don't want to do, even though we know they're wrong. So when we look at leadership, um, I want you to just keep those principles in mind about how we really define a great leader and, and uh, how we translate that into what we see in our life and how it really, the leader I'm going to talk about here has great impact. And the leader I'm talking about is Joshua. So, the, and I mentioned that great leadership is timeless. So Joshua lived 3,300 years ago. It's incredible how long ago that was. So great leadership is absolutely timeless. So here's what we know about Joseph's back, Joshua's background. Joshua was chosen by God to be an assistant to Moses. Joshua was present during the expression of God's immense power in freeing the Hebrew nation from slavery in Egypt. Joshua was with Moses when God gave him the commandments on Mount Sinai. Joshua was one of 12 spies who were sent to scope out the land of Canaan that the Israelites would take over. He was Moses' trusted assistant for the 40 years the tribes of Israel wandered in the desert. They wandered in the desert because they were disobedient to God and they didn't follow his commands to immediately go in and conquer the land of Canaan. And Joshua was selected by God to lead the people of Israel into the land of Canaan. So I would say, based on that, that Joshua had a front row seat to the immense power of God as Moses led the this people of Israel from slavery in Egypt to the land of Canaan. And uh, one important piece in here I, we need to stop and realize as well is how much responsibility Joshua had in the book of Numbers it said there were 601,730 mature Israelite males. So why it was important to count who the mature males were, they were people who could pick up a sword and fight. So about 600,000 males at this time in the, in the nation of Israel. So to this, we must add kind of an equal number of females and make some estimate of the number of children that would have been alive then. So we feel that at least 2 million people were under the leadership of Joshua when they got to the land of Canaan. Now that's roughly the same population as, as the entire Atlantic Canada. And it's about 20 times the population of the pop of St. John. So we just want to pause a bit and, and kind of marvel really at the vast amount of people that were, uh, that Joshua was responsible for leading. So he had tremendous responsibility to do that. So clearly God placed a lot of responsibility on him. So the day came when Moses died because Moses, God told Moses, you're not going to make it into the land of Canaan. I'm going to leave that for Joshua to lead the people. And this is where we pick up the story in the book of Joshua in the Bible. This is from the very first chapter. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River and into the land I'm giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you, from the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Now, folks, if I think if any of us were in the position Joshua was in, and we heard this voice from God, God speaking to us, 
And saying that, I think I'd be like, yes, Lord, let's go take it. Because it's basically saying like, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to deliver all the promises that I promised Moses. I will not uh, fail you or abandon you. I'd be like, yes, let's go take this. Let's go take this land. It sounds like how much, how much more support could we possibly get? This is the God Almighty talking to us. But watch what God says next in this charge to Joshua. Be strong and courageous. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the left or to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Notice how many times the Lord says the same, says the same words of encouragement to Joshua in this. You know, in verse 6, be strong and courageous. In verse 7, be strong and very courageous. And then here's the kicker, verse 9. This is actually one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. It says, this is my command, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, we can make an educated guess that Joshua was about 80 years old at this time. He had uh, been with Moses for his, as his chosen assistant for 40 years while they wandered around in the Sinai Desert. So I think it's really interesting that, uh, you know, the Lord just didn't kind of say, hey, Joshua, Moses is dead. Keep on going. You know, you've been prepping for this for 40 years. And, you know, he actually had to stop and give him incredible encouragement. In fact, the verse 9 says, this is my command to be strong and courageous. I kind of think about it like if there was a five-star general of the army and he was in battle and he comes into the front line and there's a private who's very scared. It's his first battle and he's scared and afraid. And the general says, this is my command, be strong and courageous. You know, I'm not sure the private would just automatically, you know, gain strength and courage. So it's really interesting to me that Joshua needed that encouragement from God. So even though he was prepared and he had the he had been knew this day was going to come for for decades really you know he still needed encouragement from god to, that said hey i'm with you i'm going to support you i'm going to fulfill the promises that i had for you and that's one of the core things that i want us to take away from this scripture this morning is that no matter how strong we may feel in our faith or no matter how weak we may feel in our faith you know god is there to encourage us god is there to just remind us do not be afraid uh, do not be discouraged. And as he said, this is my command, be strong and courageous. So how did Joshua do? So we know that this is before they started into the land of Canaan. So basically Joshua led the Israelites for about 30 years. The Israelites conquered much of the land of Canaan. In fact, uh, in addition to being a history buff, most of you will know I'm a bit of a map freak as well. So this is a map of the route the Israelites took from Egypt to Canaan. So if you look on your screen over in Egypt to the on the on the right hand side of that map around where the the Dead Sea is, that's about 450 kilometers in a roughly a straight line. But that's not how the Israelites went because because of their sin against God, they wandered around in the Sinai Desert for 40 years. 
And basically this map shows kind of where they started from when God gave this charge to, to Joshua. So they crossed the Jordan River, they conquered the land of Canaan. It took them quite a few years to do that. So what can we apply from this lesson to 2020? What can we apply from the life of Joshua, particularly his later life where he was leading the, the people of Israel to, to 2020? Well, the first thing we can apply to this, folks, is that we are living in the greatest disruption to the global economy and our society in, in 80 years. And I sort of picked the Second World War as being the most disruptive event to happen uh, before this. Um, there is great uncertainty about how things will unfold in the next, I'd say, one to three years as we deal with COVID-19. And almost everything we valued about being a member of our church has changed. And friends, some of it will never return. So please don't think that when this is over that we're going to go back to 2019 and everything is going to be like it's all forgotten. Some things are never going to go back to the same way they were. So, I, you know, my personal opinion is that we've only probably seen the tip of the iceberg with some of the economic damage here as well. It's a really tough time to be the leader of a church. In fact, it's a tough time to be a leader of anything. There's great uncertainty about what's going to happen you know, we everybody thinks COVID-19 is going to ramp up in the in the fall when our kids go back to school. So basically, I want to kind of take lessons from the life of Joshua and the charge that God gave him and apply it to us today as members of the harbor. So what should we do? Well, the very first thing we should do is we need to pray. And I'm going to highlight a, uh, uh, an approach to praying that I've been actually using for quite a few years. And it's not my idea that many other people use this as well. And start your prayer time with adoration. This is where we praise God for his love and mercy and grace to us. Then we move to confession. We confess our fear and discouragement, our doubts about the Lord's providing for us. We confess our sins. Then we move to thankfulness, to thanks. We thank Jesus for his great gift of his death on the cross, the saving grace, the unmerited favor that we get from Jesus, um, atoning sacrifice for us. And then we move to what's called supplication. This is just another way of saying, hey, we're going to ask God for blessing in our life. We want to ask God to direct our lives, to meet our needs, to grow our faith and grow our trust in him as we follow Jesus. And if you kind of line up the acronyms or the first letters of this, it kind of get an acronym of ACT. So adoration, confession, thanks, and supplication. So it's a good formula. Uh, if you find that helpful, there's other references online that you can find to, that, that are like that to help you. The other thing that we need to do is we need to read the Word of God daily. Remember that charge that God gave to Joshua? He said, meditate on the law day and night. Don't deviate to the left or the right. Very powerful. And then I think the other thing I want to leave with you this morning is to follow the same command that God gave to Joshua, which is to say, you know, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. So I want to end with... Um, how Joshua finished. So, so the stage now at the last chapter of Joshua is Joshua is about 110 years old. He's served as a leader for 30 years. So he assembles all the tribes of Israel for his final address as a leader. So we're going we're gonna to pick up this address in the book of Joshua chapter 24. Then Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. He summoned the elders, leaders, judges, and officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before the Lord. Now we're going to skip down to verse 13. This is actually God speaking here. So I gave you a land on which you did not toil and cities you did not build, and you live in them and eat from vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. 
That's because they conquered these cities in Canaan. So now this is back to Joshua speaking. It says, Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Now Joshua knows all about the unreliability of the Israelites. He's led them for a long time and and he knows that they were, because of their unfaithfulness and following God, they had to, their forefathers had to wander in the desert for 40 years. So he ends this with an interesting challenge. He says to the people, But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. Joshua ends it here with a really powerful statement. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. So friends, we have gods today that we can put before the true God. We have the God, I'm talking small g God here. We have the God of money. We have the God of power. We can have the God of sexual attraction. We can have the God of um, just about anything that we put before God as our authority in our life. That's what we actually worship. And so don't think that all of this just people 3,300 years ago that worshiped these idols or whatever, you know, in Mesopotamia or the ones in the land of Canaan, we can still worship idols today. Um, and so basically I want to just read that last little bit of scripture again from Joshua chapter 24. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Okay, we're going we're gonna to go back to where we started. This is kind of the final exam here. You know, Joshua's leadership is an example to us today in times of great upheaval, great uncertainty and chaos around us. And remember, I started by saying that great leadership is really built on certain principles. It's timeless. Um, it's built on self-sacrifice. It's built on humility. It's built on the commitment to a greater mission. And again, just these great words from... God speaking to Joshua to say, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I want us to take that away today as, a, as an encouragement. And like I said, this is kind of a wrap up of our, of our, this is our final exam. And I started off our message this morning by saying, you know, discussions I've had with people, there's a lot of discouragement. There's a lot of disengagement from the church and from our walk with our walk with God and you know we're going into our six month of kind of restrictions it could get worse it will probably it may get worse before it gets better and those restrictions have been hard on us you know we've lost things that we cherished a lot of the the when the fellowship that we would have on a Sunday morning the fellowship and the meals that we share together at life groups and the coffees and other intimate discussions that we could have with people one-on-one -on -one. look I'm an extroverted person and I I know I felt mental stress at the lack of contact, face-to-face -face contact with other people. And, you know, I'm very fortunate. I can do my job in my, the office in my home without really any significant difficulties. But I want to give everyone, again, another sense of encouragement that during these times of challenge, when our faith is the most tested, is when it will also grow the most. And, you know, if your daily walk seems to be missing the element of the Holy Spirit in guiding your life, if you're... If you're having doubts about your faith and you know whether following Jesus can fill that spiritual hole in your heart and whether God has a plan for your life if you, you know, if you commit to serving Him, then I want to encourage you 
by reading again the last, the last challenge that uh, Joshua gave to his people after he'd served them faithfully for a long time. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshiped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day who you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites whose land you're living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. I want to leave you with that thought. You know, we, I gave you some hints about things to do. Pray. Read your Bible daily. Take encouragement from this command to be strong and courageous. And I pray that each of us, when we look back on this era of COVID-19 and the incredible disruption and chaos that it's caused, we'll be able to say anything that Joshua did at the end of his life in a charge to his people. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord.